Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 174th episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. This is Jonathan's 52nd appearance on the podcast. For a complete list of his previous appearances, check out the show notes. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now on to the show. Yeah, yeah, we had we had to do this uh, emergency podcast because, uh, I mean, big news, right? I mean, we people have been speculating about this for a while, so finally dropped the, the big news yesterday, so... Yeah, yeah, Biden chose his running mate. So what's your uh, what's your initial thoughts? Well, I think it's, you know, I don't know, depending on how you look at it, it's probably and this is, you know, <laughs> this is liberal blasphemy on the uh, on the Twitter of today it looks like, but I would say it was either I don't know. I would say it was either the, the best or the second best choice he probably was going to make. But uh, what was the second best choice, do you think, or the first best one? Well, you know, I uh, I think Elizabeth Warren would have been good on policy, but I can see a lot of reasons why um, she, you know, was not optimal strategically, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of stuff going on, you know, for going back to the debates and everything and the primary campaign, which was really contentious and, um, you know, just the way she carried herself at various times and stuff and the way her, what her priorities were and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think like, uh, she, you know, by, by not, well, I don't know. What, I, I'm sorry, I'm being incommunicable here for for a second. But I mean, there's just so many so many things you could say about it. Really, it's just like um, by not backing Bernie, by not providing a unified left wing part of the party, by thinking that she could eke out a better deal for herself by you know by backing Biden or not not you know not withdrawing at the same time to counteract the effects of the other three candidates dropping out on the same day, basically. Um, to unify the left behind Bernie, she, you know, basically left a door open to splinter the left wing of the party, which meant that, you know, well, it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion at that time, perhaps because COVID-19 wasn't flying out of control at that point. But, um, I don't know. It's, you know, she, she, she handicapped the the entire not just herself but i think she handicapped the entire left wing of the party at that point basically and you know this is kind of the result of that i i think you know one thing you can say about kamala harris is she's a much savvier much more um machiavellian much more which is not a, i don't mean that in a bad way <laughs> much mm-hmm. you know she she knows how to you know play people around to do the party thing to i you know I mean, my God, she landed the hardest blow on Joe Biden in any of the debates, mm-hmm. and now she's sitting right next to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, well played. You know, I, I what can I say about that? <laughs> well do, done. Do, in hookup culture, don't they call that negging? <laughs> yeah, I think she negged Joe Biden, and yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, she, yeah, that. I mean, 
you know, all policy aside, which is kind of how we have to look at this, unfortunately, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I think she's just a, you know, in a lot of ways, she's a better politician than, than Elizabeth Warren was. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. And I mean, and the, I mean, we're even kind of buying into the Joe Biden limitation of the framework where he said it was going to be a woman that he was mm-hmm. going to choose well didn't and he even so, beyond that say it would be a black woman that was what i was confused by is because i didn't think uh elizabeth warren was even con- in contention because i thought he had narrowed it further by saying it was going to be a black woman for sure okay if he did say that i didn't hear that but i think mm-hmm. that a lot of people had suggested that he ought to do that and frankly with the wrench that was thrown into this whole clusterfuck, which was Kanye West, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think that kind of forced his hand. At that point, you've got to put a black woman on the ticket because, you know, there there is some, you know, there is some. I I could see some African American voters saying, "Look, you know, he came in on riding Barack Obama's coattails, and he got the nomination from African Americans in South Carolina." And now he's going to slap us in the face by choosing a white woman or somebody to be his vice president. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see I'm not saying a large number because I think African-Americans are the most consistently uh, Democratic voting group in the in America. Mm-hmm. But I can see that being taken as a little bit of a slap in the face, although I think there are plenty of young African-Americans who probably would have preferred seeing, you know, a left wing, whether it's a Bernie Sanders or an Elizabeth Warren rather than a Kamala Harris. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I can, but I can definitely see some, some proportion of voters saying like, you know, you came in riding a black guy's coattails, you got the nomination through black people voting in this one state, and now you're not going to choose a, you know, a black person to carry on that, that relationship there that could be seen the wrong way. And also I think, you know, Trump is clearly weaponized Kanye's Kanye West's addled brain to be a a distraction to try to split the African-American vote and we'll see how that goes. But I think putting an African-American woman on the ticket means that when it comes to electoral politics involving African-Americans, Kanye West is no longer the shiniest newest toy in the, in the bunch right now. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's kind of like, he's, he's, he's yesterday's news now. So, but I mean, you know how that's going to work running, and, you know, a woman from California who worked as a prosecutor and stuff. I mean, you know how that's going to play in the African-American community. I don't know. I, I have a feeling it still doesn't hurt too much. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that may not be the job description that you'd be looking for um, necessarily. But um, in some corners. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What are, What are your thoughts so far? Um, I'm, I was initially very encouraged, honestly, like I did not <laughs> feel as encouraged when, uh, Hillary Clinton chose Tim Kaine, I think, no, the record Kane, show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, she's obviously better than Tim Kaine in a number of areas. Yeah. Like when I heard Tim Kaine, I was like, who, why? Like, I just didn't understand. I guess I understood the why in that it's a man, she's a woman. Let's reassure people that are like a woman's in charge. Oh no. Uh, let's put this boring 
a white guy in a similar way to that Joe Biden was picked. Honestly, let's 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 be real clear about that. I think that had uh, Barack Obama not been the first uh, black candidate for president, I, I doubt we would have seen a Joe Biden picked uh, to kind of reassure people. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was probably that pick was uh, probably in again the same line that uh, Joe Biden was the Tim Kaine pick, but. Uh, I feel like it's, it's a good move. I, you know, I, she was not my favorite candidate, but I did appreciate things about her in the debates. Uh, I like her prosecutorial style. I like when she's on the dais in the Senate hearings, she met, made uh, Brett Kavanaugh cry. Uh, she, mm. uh, you know what I mean? All this stuff. I like all that. I cannot wait to see the vice presidential debate between her and Pence. That is going to be amazing. Uh, yeah. she's going to wipe the floor with him. Uh, it's just mother's yeah, gonna Mike, have to Mike Pence is lubing up for the pegging that he's been begging to get for four <laughs> years here, <laughs> and she's gonna give it to him. Oh yeah, so, it's, it's gonna be. This is talk about be awesome nagging. to watch. Talk about nagging. Yeah, it's gonna be serious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's gonna be amazing. I don't want. I I I dread uh, for for many reasons the presidential debates. I I wish that they would not happen. Honestly, uh, for many reasons. I, I, I <laughs> so would actually probably everybody. I don't Maybe. think is is uh, is actually benefiting. I don't think Trump benefits. I don't think Biden benefits. Uh, I don't think the voters really benefit. I don't really think there's anybody who doesn't know what they already think of those two. And I don't really know what they would have to talk about other than him, like calling names and stuff and, and seeing which one can make it to the end of the sentence for, for you know, remembering where they started. So uh, I think we all know the score with those two. And I actually would like to see uh, this isn't my idea. I think I saw Bill Crystal tweet this out. I'd rather see three vice presidential debates than three uh, presidential debates at this point, because that would be awesome. But yeah, I, I overall strong, strong pick. Uh I was very relieved he did not choose Karen Bass. She was one of the other people in the mix that was discussed. Uh, there was a was uh, she the one with the Scientologist connections yes. or something? Yes. As both a leader in our state legislature and a representative of Los Angeles, my goal has been a simple one: to actually make a difference. So that's why I first have to say that this day and this new church of Scientology is an exciting moment because I know your goal and your commitment is truly to make a difference. It is my belief that if we really want to change this world, it is important that we think about how we treat each other. We have to treat all people with the respect they are due as human beings, and we must fight against oppression wherever we may find it. That is why the words are exciting of your founder, L. Ron Hubbard, in the creed of the Church of Scientology, that all people of whatever race, color, or creed are created with equal rights. It's a remarkable credit to your church that this is part of your creed. The Church of Scientology, I know, has made a difference because your creed is a universal creed and one that speaks to all people everywhere. I look forward to helping you bring about the difference for everyone in the city, this golden state of California, and from here, the nation, and from the nation, the world. Thank you very much. We don't need that. We can just get that right out of here. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying. This this election's already crazy enough without bringing the Scientology. Let, let's leave uh, L. Ron yeah, and the thing. I mean, out of- Joe Biden's <laughs> already got his Moonite or Mooney connections in South Korea here, doesn't he? Who does? 
Joe Biden and his in the Biden family writ large. Oh, I wasn't aware of they had a connection to the Moonies. Apparently they do. It's been uh, going on for decades, apparently, for some right, reason. Well, I don't know how. I, I, I've read about it before. I've listened to things about it before. But it's, yeah, the Unific- Unification Church of South Korea, where they hold these massive uh, weddings, where they marry off, like, hundreds or thousands of couples at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know they have connections to Washington because they own the Washington Times, the conservative newspaper there. Um but I'm not sure how much sway they have over the day-to-day. But, yeah, it's interesting. I'll have to look that up. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to deal with the Scientologist connection. Uh, Stacey Abrams, we've talked about her before. I like her in a lot of ways. I think she also would have been a strong pick. I don't really like you. Like you've said, I don't know much about her beyond the fact that she, you know, had this election stolen from her by Brian Kemp. And mm-hmm. – uh, I don't know. I don't really know much else about her. I heard she's a fan of Ayn Rand, so I'm, I was kind of confusing. Whoa. Yeah, that's I'll yeah. Have to look that up to to, to get a little more depth on that. But yeah, I wasn't really too too jazzed about her. Um, but I think if it was gonna like be a black woman, as he said it was going to be, I think Kamala Harris is about as about as well as as you can expect. And I think anyone you you touched on it before, but the prosecutor thing. That's that is going to nag her. But I feel like that nags anyone that has that job. I doubt there's any prosecutor in America that could run for any political office that wouldn't be subject to the same attacks. So and it's not like she built that system. She was working within it. You know, you can say she did better and worse and and this and that. But uh, I think anybody in that role would be picked apart in that way. So um, that, that criticism is totally expected. Uh, it's not without merit. I think you do have to look at people's records, but I would challenge anyone to find a prosecutor that has their hands completely clean. So, yeah, well, I think there are questions about, you know, some things like, I don't know. I was watching some clips about stuff with her and stuff. And like, apparently, I don't know, somebody somewhere said that she had allowed, or she had fought for cops to be able to turn off their, uh, their, uh, police cams or whatever mm-hmm. but then on morning joe or something morning joe said uh, she fought for police cams and so i'm kind of and mm. i think she said she fought for police camps so it would be kind of interesting to kind of you know dig down on that a little bit deeper and find out exactly what position she had at various times and stuff or you know i, mm-hmm. I imagine she was supportive of it but it sounds like there may have been a case where she you know did something the other way i don't know again mm-hmm. that's a little vague and i probably shouldn't even introduce it but I just heard some conflicting things tonight about different places where I was getting information there. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, you know, I don't know. She was on, wasn't she on with like Charlemagne, the God and the breath breakfast club there talking mm-hmm. about marijuana a few years mm-hmm. ago and, or like a year ago. And yeah, I think we said talked that about she that had, during the debates. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember everything, but I remember she said that, Oh yeah, I was just hanging out, mm-hmm. listening to, um, you Snoop know, Dogg. Snoop Dogg, who was not out yet with any, any out songs. Yet. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have questions and sure. number two and like number two, I think they say that, you know, she's prosecuted drug offenses. And some, I think they said that a Republican who was running against her had said something like he was talking about making marijuana legal. And somebody asked her about that. And she just started laughing. Like there's no way I'm making marijuana legal or something. So 
And welcome back. I'm Golston Dart, and tonight for Kelly DeMarco. And I'm Edie Lambert. A top candidate for attorney general is calling today for California to legalize pot, not just medical marijuana, but for recreational use as well. Yeah, it has become a big issue in the race for California's top cop. And KCRA3's Mike Lurie joins us now with more for Commitment 2014. Well, Golston, a growing number of Americans favor marijuana legalization. Two states, in fact, Colorado and Washington, already allow pot sales, which are heavily taxed and regulated. But is California ready? to follow suit. My position is it needs to be legalized. Ron Gold, the Republican candidate for attorney general, wants to tax and regulate the use of marijuana for recreational purposes. Colorado is already beginning to prove to everybody that there is sufficient taxable base. Gold wants to use the millions of dollars projected from marijuana sales for drug and alcohol counseling and for education. In the face of grave danger. We asked California's current top cop, Kamala Harris, for her position on this controversial issue. Your opponent, okay. Ron Gold, has said that he is for the legalization of marijuana recreationally. Your thoughts on that? Um, I that he is entitled to his opinion. <laughs> mm hmm. I don't know. You know, you can hope that maybe, you know, somebody has reached her on that issue. But, mm -hmm. you know, clearly um, Joe Biden doesn't want to make it an issue. Mm -hmm. It seems that she may not want to make it an issue. Although, you know, there's a lot of people on MSNBC and places talking about, oh, uh, you know, this is a tremendous step forward. She's going to make Joe Biden confront the systemic racism and stuff. She, they're going to look at a lot of things and stuff like this. And it's like, OK, but if they're not looking at. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. drug sentencing, the war on drugs, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Then they're not really serious mm -hmm. about racial justice on on criminal justice issues. Yeah, it, so, it would it would be very disappointing if the Democrats were outflanked by the Republicans on that issue. I, I, it hasn't happened yet. It doesn't mean it can't happen or won't. Uh, but if they don't seize that one, uh, it's going to be a real lost opportunity because they're it's only moving in one direction. And if they can capture the zeitgeist a little better, I think they could really get. A substantial issue that they don't have on their, you know, palate right now. So, I, I don't know. I don't think the Republicans are ever going to go that far because they've, you know, there's a libertarian they, streak that definitely, yeah, like, and the liber libertarian streak never goes anywhere. <laughs> um, oh, Ryan know, was the house kind of like, you know, I mean, speaker. I mean, the, it's like we've talked about before. They, the Republicans could have hit uh, Obama on the drone killings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because the left, the left wing of the party certainly was, and they were primed for it. But mm -hmm. the Republicans, it, it just never entered their thought process that this is something that they could or should attack him on. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of the same thing with uh, with medical marijuana or you know recreational marijuana or any any issue like that. I think that even though it would probably be to their electoral benefit to make that an issue and to to jump to the left of the of the Democrats on it, I just don't think it's in their DNA to do it. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're probably so. right. You're probably right about that. Uh, but I looked it up, and Stacey Abrams said uh, that Atlas Shrugged is one of her favorite books, uh, quoted here in uh, Rolling Stone. She says, but not for the Paul Ryan reasons. There was something about how Ayn Rand highlighted the capacity of a person to be more than. So, okay. whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. Ayn Rand was a, you know, a personally, as a person, she was a disaster. Yes, I've um, seen some interviews and I was appalled, but I've not read any of her giant books yet, but I've heard they're super boring. So I, I tried to read Atlas Shrugged and stuff like 10 years ago mm -hmm. and I got, you know, I got about probably five or 600 pages into it. And then I just, you know, 
I got caught up in other books and I just never got back to it. And I don't think I really missed anything. I could tell <laughs> it's incredibly didactic and stuff. I mean, she's just telling you what she, what you're supposed to believe. It's just, you're just getting browbeaten constantly, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a very formulaic Hollywood movie where the bad people are always bad in every way. You know, they don't even satisfy their women really. And that just, <laughs> you know, that makes them worse. And then the good people are good in every conceivable way. <laughs> and it's just, and I mean, she's articulating a very specific type of good that she thinks, but, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, she's a hypocrite. She, she died on, on, you know, on benefit of the government and stuff, which is something she'd railed against her whole life. Oh, wow. I mean, and as much as she's like such a right wing ideologue and stuff, she was a devout atheist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's a she's a Russian refugee who came here, was a lifelong atheist, happened to agree about some things on, you know, economics. Um, She's basically, you know, seems to have been a high functioning sociopath or psychopath (laughs) as far as regards to uh, attitudes towards helping others, even though Mm -hmm. she was the beneficiary of some help in her life, I suppose. Right. Whatever, whatever. Don't get me started on it. (laughs) The the fact that Stacey Abrams enjoys her book in an unironic way is very questionable, I would say. Right, right. But, yeah, we don't really know that much about her, at least I don't, and she didn't really seem to have, I mean, she didn't, you know, she had the election stolen, we all know that, you know, there were, but it shouldn't have been that close if she was going to win, you know what I mean? So, it would have been, like, just like with Beto, you know, I, I like Beto a lot, it would have been cooler if he beat Ted Cruz, I would have been much more on the Beto train uh, if he'd done that, so, st- same same goes for Stacey Abrams, uh, gotta put those W's up, so. Yeah, well. I don't know. I'm I've I've taken a look at yeah, I've taken the temperature on on, you know, left wing Twitter and people are pissed and stuff about this. And it's like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. What did you expect? Yeah. I who mean, did we think Joe Biden was going to pick? Who do they want? Is it because they wanted Elizabeth Warren? Is that what the and, and the thing is, or? I guarantee with a lot of them. If it had been Elizabeth Warren, they would have been bitching about the fact that, oh, well, she betrayed Bernie and look at how she gets rewarded. Yeah. And, oh, are you happy? Are you satisfied with what you did, Elizabeth? You know, mm-hmm. and and they wouldn't be completely wrong. But it's just like, come on. P- some people are just going to be mad no matter who it was. I mean, if it wasn't mm-hmm. Bernie, which and I, I agree, I think it should have been Bernie. I think. I don't know. Joe Biden is to some degree doing the woke thing of, yeah, I'm going to choose a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's like, I'm, and I think what has happened, what has just happened here is that the centrist Democrats have played it so that the left wing of the party wanted something and moderate African Americans of a older generation tended to want something else mm-hmm. and they've made a choice and mm-hmm. they didn't go with us. And that's a sad story. Um, but we've got, what do we got now in America? 160, 165,000 dead Americans right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. Like, I'm past the point of where it's still a fun activity to engage in this intra-party warfare. And, like, anybody on Twitter who spends more of their time bitching about centrist Democrats than they do about the fucking insanity on the right, mm-hmm. like... I don't know, man. I just got to question your priorities. Like it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like back when Game of Thrones was good (laughs) before, (laughs) you know, the, the, the ultimate seasons and stuff, the final seasons there, 
like you know the whole thing was that it was always about you know they're fighting they're they're bickering and they're fighting and they're bickering and they're fighting within their human politics and they're totally ignoring the the white walkers that are coming south and then in the final season of course they totally like upended that whole metaphor because they just defeated mm-hmm. the white walkers and then they went back to the the human politics but it's like you know there is a time and a place for us to fight the centrist wing of the Democratic Party and to drag it to the left. And I think in the long term, it's going to keep going left. I think, you know, medical marijuana is going to go keep going. I think something looking like universal health care is going to have to be, I mean, after this COVID thing, I mean, that's going to have to become an issue. I mean, the environment mm-hmm. is, I mean, these things, these, these are in, um, seemingly inevitable issues that are going to continue to go our way i think um but to be but to be using your public platform to shit all over this whole thing right now at a time when the party does need to unify sorry it's like you know Mm -hmm. we've got three months left we don't have time for you guys to piss off enough liberals that you know any percentage of them are like i'm sitting it out or i'm voting Mm -hmm. for you know this you know i'm gonna go with the green party or something this time or you know Sorry, this is not the year. We got 160 some dead Americans and counting right now. It'll be it'll be more by the time people hear this. But mm-hmm. you know that I mean that has to be the priority. It's like mm-hmm. it pisses me off that the central Demo- centrist Democrats think they can do it without us. And but you know any consideration for a protest vote went out the window with COVID blowing up in America the way it did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, like, you know, like we talked about, it really took an issue like that to, that you couldn't deny or spin. And it was kind of a threat to everybody in every community. It's it's the only way that, you know, it's like, all right, this is a wartime situation. All hands on deck. You know, it's it's time to put the put the bickering aside. So, yeah, but a lot of people are not doing that. Eh, um, I don't know. I, I kind of expected some outbursts like this. I'm not entirely surprised. Are you? I mean, I think whoever was picked, there was going to be somebody that wasn't happy about some aspect of it or some vulnerability mm-hmm. that they saw. So I that maybe that's why I'm a little more sanguine about this pick. It's just like, well, show me the candidate who would have been, you know, uncontroversial at this point. You, you would not. Nobody would have pleased everybody. Uh, so. Yeah. Think at least they made a strong choice, you know. I, I I hate I hate the no choice. I felt like I felt like the Tim Kaine was almost a no choice. Like it's almost just like a, a person in a suit. There you go. <laughs> but like this is it. Whatever you want to say about Kamala Harris, that she's a little more than that. You know, she she's a strong personality. She represents a lot. She's got a a, a strong style. Uh, now I'm I'm sounding like Trump using the only one of five adjectives I know. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. No, I think the the strength, and I, and frankly, I think as we get Donald Trump removed from the White House one way or the other, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be good to have a prosecutorial mindset in the White House. And I think Joe Biden mm-hmm. has said he won't stand in the way of any prosecutions that would go towards Trump um, should they, they come. He's He's not saying I'm going to prosecute him or I'm going to direct my people to prosecute him, but – I think I think having Kamala in there is going to send send a message to the Justice Department that yeah, it is all go on prosecuting this freaking asshole. Mm-hmm. He's, he's absolutely criminal, you know. Um, I mean the number of crimes that he could be charged with just from the COVID thing, mm-hmm. which would probably be the safest thing to do it on, but mm-hmm. there, you could do it on almost any issue. But yeah, I mean like 
negligent homicide, negligent manslaughter, you know, willful negligence, uh, mm-hmm. dereliction of duty, uh, treason. I mean, there's just any number of things. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, she's a person like it. I mean, if there were, if there's going to be debates with Mike Pence, not, not that the debates really matter. I think like to some degree, I don't want to be overly confident, but I think to some degree, this is already, it's a foregone conclusion. The, the Democrats, you know, knock on wood that I'm not like jinxing us, but like they've already won. It's all mm-hmm. about the crying from the Republicans, like no matter what happens, but how how confident would anybody feel if it was Elizabeth Warren going up against Mike Pence in the debates? Mm. You know, she's a smart person. She's a bookworm and everything. And Mike Pence is a tool. But um, I feel much better about Kamala Harris in the debate than mm-hmm. her. Not that that, you know, not that it matters. I think the Democrat is going to win. I think, you know, almost anybody could beat this guy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think it's. I'm just saying I'm I'm trying to look I'm trying to look at the positives here. Mm-hmm. And I think that she is a an aggressive, strong person with a, you know, pretty friendly, pretty cheerful, pretty kind of like the the happy warrior uh, demeanor or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't I just don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, it's. It's a sad story. The Bernie revolution seems to be over right now. It's not, you know, it's going to keep going in the background. And I'm happy to see. Uh, the, Corey yeah, the, Bush. Well, I was gonna say the squad all won their primaries, so they're all back to to work. You know what I mean? So that that you know, I think it's bubbling. You know what I mean? I don't think it's gonna get over the top yet, but I think Bernie's taken the movement farther than it ever thought it could. You know, I mean, I think I think the the problem with being out front like he is on so many issues is that. He might not be the around or or the leader of it by the time it gets over the top, but I mean he he put these issues and kind of put the groundwork for these other people like AOC to come in behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if she makes a run at it in 2024, uh, regardless of what happens in 2020. So um, mm-hmm. I would I would look for her to make a primary challenge, even if. Uh, you know, even if this does yeah. work out and, uh, you know, Biden wins in November, you know, I would still look out for her to, to do that in 2024. Yeah. So. yeah, I don't know. I don't know about primary, but um, she is definitely somebody that I could vote for in the in the presidential election. I know oh, like yeah. I posted a, a funny article or something on Twitter a few weeks ago that was like, um, you know, uh, uh, AOC becomes the first woman ever to be encouraged to turn 35 <laughs> or something. <laughs> It's like, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> she, I mean, she would be, she is, she just, she just goes from win to win in my book. Mm-hmm. And, um, like not every member of the squad necessarily could I even say that about, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I like her a lot. She's great. She does a lot of good stuff. I think, um, uh, Rashida Tlaib also has really impressed me. A lot of people mm-hmm. didn't sit like it when she said motherfucker or something about impeaching Trump. I loved it. <laughs> that's, that's mm-hmm. what the party needs more of. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I feel like, uh, didn't she lot. say she was not supporting Biden though, or an endorsing Biden or something? Huh? Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear that. I don't know what's I'll going on. There, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the squad is growing though. And like, mm-hmm. there's some good stuff going on there. 
I didn't love it. Was it, I think it was Ayanna Presley endorsed. Uh, she was the one who endorsed Warren over Sanders. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it. Uh, Ilhan Omar, I think she sometimes rightly or wrongly through some fault of her own or through no fault of her own gets herself wrapped up in an issue where she speaks ineloquently and, mm-hmm. and it, and it causes more drama than she needs to be drawing at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think um, yeah, AOC should just handle communications for the whole squad, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> she and Rashida Tlaib, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see that the squad ex- continue to expand, and I'd like to see that that becomes a, you know, some some centrist Democrats say, I don't, you know, they don't love the squad. I I don't think the Democratic Party needs to have a Tea Party. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I think, I mean. It depends on what you think the problem with the Tea Party was, and there were several problems. But you know, they were they were doing something different, and to some degree it worked, and to some degree it failed. But um, and the, their goals were quite often horrible. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, on what on what aspect of them are? I mean, yes, they were bad, but why? Why were they bad? Mm-hmm. Why do you object to them? Um, so yeah. But uh, I looked it up, and Rashida Tlaib said she will not endorse Joe Biden because people in her district uh, don't support him. But she's still going to try to deliver the district for him, and she's excited about Kamala. So I don't know what kind kind of game she's playing there. But um. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, what what are you going to do? It's right. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he I think it's going to make her break. He, he doesn't need her endorsement. So it's yeah, but absolutely. it's like. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit, you know, I don't know. She's got to do what she's got to do in her district, I guess. But um, I don't know. It's uh, it is what it is, I guess. But I, I think he's going to win handily. We you can know, hope. I think that even though there are structural, you know, disadvantages and Trump's, you know, basically willing to tear up the goddamn uh, 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 postal service in order to, you know, disenfranchise enough people that he can stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a that's a fight we're having in uh, Indiana now because we're one of the few states that you need an excuse to vote from by mail. Um, I signed up before the uh, for, for the primary. I signed I signed Ash and I up both to get uh, our ballots sent to us by mail at the same time before the deadline. Ash's arrived the day before. Mine never arrived, and I hmm. submitted them at exactly the same time. Um, now we're seeing, uh, mail getting slowed down. Uh, we're seeing Trump's, uh, post office pick intentionally sabotaging the post office, canceling overtime, removing post boxes and machines. Like, uh, one silver lining, I guess, is I heard that, uh, all this is actually deterring, uh, actual Trump voters from voting by mail. Uh, who usually usually the vote by mail is actually the strong a uh, pretty strongly Republican, uh, but apparently he's like put so much doubt into the system that uh, you know apparently a lot of Republicans are like I don't know if it's safe to vote by mail maybe I just won't <laughs> so apparently hmm. some some people are are taking it a little too much to heart maybe more than he even intended in his vote in yeah. his voting base. This is, there, this so. is yet another example of how the guy is a traitor or a treasonous person. Mm-hmm. He is willing to tear up any part of the American government or institution mm-hmm. or national life that is necessary for his own 
nakedly selfish reasons. Yeah. You know, he's not, this is not for the betterment of America. It's not for the betterment of the Republican party. Even it's all for Donald Trump so that he doesn't get dragged to jail in the next six months, seven or eight months or whatever, rather than the next, you know, (laughs) five years or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's willfully destroyed. I mean, there's not even the pretense of what are they saying? They're trying to save money by cutting down overtime or something at the post Mm -hmm. office at a time when people are no doubt ordering things more online than they ever have before, probably because they don't want to go out and buy it. Right. It's like, well, this is, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently the reason that it's in such deep financial straits is that unlike other parts of the government, they're forcing their pension to be funded for like the next 50 years ahead of time, which they don't require of other departments. And you know what? I mean, the government's supposed to do things that don't turn a profit anyway. That's what you have government services for. So don't tell me you have to run it like a business when you Mm -hmm. don't expect the same thing out of like the defense department. You know what I mean? Like, like who, who's paying for all these F-35s? What, what return on investment are we getting there? You know, like they never asked that question, but it's like, Oh, the post office, you're not turning a profit. (laughs) Like, like who cares? Like they're not supposed to. Yeah. And, the, and you know, there's two points on that. Number one, I saw a, a tweet somewhere the other day that was pretty good. It was like, um, you know, they talk about the post office like it's losing money, mm-hmm. but nobody ever says that the, you know, the Department of Defense or the Pentagon lost seven billion dollars last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they say, no, mm-hmm. we, we invested it. We spent it. We, you know, the nation's defense, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing is all all the for profit places, like from to my understanding, from what I've heard, they they don't deliver everywhere. If you live out mm-hmm. in bumfuck Egypt, at somewhere out in the middle of the country, um, the post office is legally required to bring you your mail. Yep. Amazon's not. Amazon mm-hmm. uses the post office. You know. Yep. Uh, nobody else necessarily is, as far as I know. <laughs> and so, again, this 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 libertarian let the private market kind of take care of everything and bring competition into it. <clears throat> you know, it's not competitive to deliver to some of these places. It's not profitable. <clears throat> They're not going to do it. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I I feel I did you know knock on wood. Hope this desk is wood. Um, <laughs> knock on wood. I uh, bookshelf. That's wood. Um, I don't uh I don't foresee Joe Biden losing uh the popular vote certainly, and I I feel pretty good about his electoral college chances, but. I, my concern is that it's even close. I don't want it to be even close. I want it to be such a blowout that there can't even be stolen, you know, and that's that's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about. I don't want him to win by a little bit because that that's dangerous because we have two whole months in between the election and, and the inauguration. And, and the damage that a losing lame duck Trump could do is unfathomable. And that's going to be some of the most dangerous weeks in our country's history, I think, even even with everything that's already happened. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I I think it'll be fascinating, like twenty or thirty years in the future, if if we if we hear about you know what the thinking was in the military at this time, like how close we actually are to a you know a palace coup or something like that, mm-hmm. where he gets you know escorted out of the White House. I think if if he loses the election, he starts fucking around. I'm not so sure that they might just say, you know what. It's November. We don't have to wait till January. <laughs> this guy's just killing more Americans with his bullshit and, you know, causing more problems. Uh, it's I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. It may be that nobody's thinking these things except me, but I imagine somewhere in, in, the, in the depths of the 
the Department of Defense or the the higher echelons or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows what people are thinking or talking about? Right. Well, as as I've said before, Team Deep Team Deep State. Personally, for the time being, I don't know if I'll always be, but right now, Team Deep State. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that. Means. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, politics is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and. I don't know, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's like, you know, 15 years ago, I might have been one of those people who'd said, you know, I'm going to look at all the candidates on the ballot, and I'm going to find out what they all believe, and I'm going to, you know, I won't just vote a straight Democratic ticket. At this point, I'm like, no, why should I? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. the Republican Party, as much as they complain about identity politics, they are all about identity politics. If you're a Christian, that's that's your party. <laughs> They're the party of Christianity in America. I'm not a religious mm-hmm. person. I'm not Christian. I'm not. So I can never be the person that they are actually advocating for because they've made that central to the identity of the party. Mm-hmm. I you know if they ever want to see me, if they ever want to get my vote, which I'm 99.9% sure that they never will. I don't although, think so, Chubb. You, you flatter yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they I'm just saying they would have to stop offense. being a religious identity group. Yeah. Uh, for I sure. That's, that's out to, the window. As, at, I mean, at the very least, that's the, this mm-hmm. the very, like the very bare minimum thing that they would have to do for me to even consider it. I'm, I'm talking about if the, you know, if, I don't know. It's almost impossible to fathom, but like, you know, is there a scenario where I would ever vote for a Republican again ever? (laughs) It's very hard to conceptualize. Well, I I, I think George Will, famous conservative columnist for The Washington Post, has it right. Uh, Basically, he just he says Republicans up and down the ballot this year just need to lose everyone. I don't care. Local, state, national, everybody, because they have to be taught a lesson. You know, they have to be taught a lesson that, that you can't embrace a demagogue and form into a cult of personality without consequences. And that's the dangerous part about this election is that if the Republicans get some sort of, you know, inkling that this is like working, you know, obviously the midterms were one thing and they got trounced pretty handily, although they got to keep the Senate. Uh, thanks a lot, Joe Donnelly. Um, but, uh, you know, like it wasn't only him. I shouldn't put it all on him, but he was disappointing. Um, but, uh, you know, like if they learn the lesson that this is the way to go, that is the most dangerous thing that can happen. So they have to be just totally annihilated, you know, just for their to, to learn that you can't do this. You cannot embrace because what I'm worried about, you know, this is like beyond all the other things I'm worried about uh, a savvier Trump who doesn't say the quiet part loud who is a little more s- smooth and suave and doesn't, you know, uh, shout his intentions from the rooftops every single day on social media. Uh, I feel like that authoritarian could really do a lot more damage in this, you know, compromised Republican party. So, you know, don't think it stops here. Republicans, you've, you've done this now with this one guy. What, who, who's coming up next? Who's the next, uh, you know, who's the next Trump? That's what I worry about. But yeah, well, and I think like, I mean, you know, even the people who at the beginning were not were saying that Trump was not a fascist and that it was alarmist and typical Mm -hmm. left wing thing to call Republicans fascists and stuff. They've come around on it now. You know, the the the, Mm -hmm. you know, the the morning Joe's and the Mika Brzezinski. Well, Mika's, you know, she's a slightly different category than her husband, perhaps. But. 
they've come around to calling him a fascist and stuff, but they, but they still don't see that back in the early two thousands and stuff, when, you know, people were calling them fascists, they're like, that's unreasonable. We were the reasonable ones. Donald mm-hmm. Trump's the crazy one. How could, mm-hmm. you know, well, okay. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit of hyperbole, but maybe, did you ever stop to consider that maybe the left wing could see something in what you were doing at that time that led directly to this? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, did you do, you know, I think like, um, yeah, Joe Scarborough and them are only reasonable by comparison. And there's a, there's a robust debate to be had once this is all over about, you know, who laid the groundwork for what and the never Trumpers and how much complicity they had in, you know, mm-hmm. teasing this for, for so long. And I'm fully willing to have that after we get this guy out of office, let's focus on that later. Like I'm totally willing to have that conversation and, and sort those bodies out one day, you know, but you're right. I mean, they, they laid the groundwork for this. They, they, they set the stage for, for a Trump, even if it wasn't going to be him, someone else to, to take this to his logical conclusion, like starting with the Southern strategy, starting with, you know, Richard Nixon going through Reagan, going through Bush, the both of them, you know, it's like, this is, this is what we've, they led themselves to this place. And there's a reason, like we've talked about that he ran as a Republican, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he knew he and would never get away with this at the Democratic Party. So, yeah. And I mean, the interesting thing is, like, one piece of reporting that's come out is that um, in both 2011 and 2013, um, Trump, Donald Trump donated a total of $6,000 to Kamala Harris's campaigns in California. And Ivanka apparently donated at one point, too. So, <laughs> and, you know, they'll say, yeah, he was a Republican. He was a Democrat. No. He was a he was a he was a power hungry fuck who, uh, you know, was spreading it around to, you know, Mm -hmm. to leave himself options, whichever, you know, wherever he was going to go. And, you know, if he didn't feel like. I don't know, he put himself on the Republican side. Um, You know, there was there's a misattributed quote that says that he said that he was going to take over the Republican Party because they were foolish and they could be taken over. He didn't say it. It was a made up thing, but it's something Mm -hmm. that is very plausible. He didn't say it. Okay, but I think on some subconscious level, you know, well, you know, yes, he gave to Democrats and he gave to Republicans and probably on issues like abortion and stuff, he could really give a shit. Mm hmm. But, um, but with his racial attitudes, with his, you know, with various attitudes that he has, America first, this kind of stuff, he's always been leaning on the Republican side. And, you know, and I think, you know, if you really, I don't know, if you could really get inside his brain. At the at the points where he was trying to make these decisions and stuff about Spooky. how to run for president, like um, I, I you know I think there had to be an, a knowledge somewhere deep down that the Republican Party was ripe for this, mm-hmm. and he would never have what it takes to to do this kind of thing in the in the Democratic side. Right. Well, Donald Trump has changed his, I think it was uh, party affiliation nine times over the course of his life. So uh, I think that to call him only a Democrat before this is, is incorrect. I think it wasn't he going to run on like the Re- Ross Perot's like reform party or something at one point, like during like the 2000 or 2004 or whenever he was toying this in the past. 
Yeah. Well, I think so. there's some theory that he was doing that to get Pat Robertson or somebody to run on that on that ticket or something to get him off oh, wow. the Republican ticket. Huh. I don't. I don't know. I haven't fully investigated that, but. But yeah, you're right. He has no core convictions. It's just about whoever is going to work out best for him. So yeah. Well, I mean, he has core convictions in that he wants to discriminate against uh, people of color, and he <laughs> wants to treat women like shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I guess he does have those. <laughs> I mean, and those those are just two things that are generally generally not always, but not usually going to fly on the Democratic side. Sure. And by comparison, they're always going to fly on the Republican side, and he knows it. So Absolutely. he knows which side of the bread the butter is on, or he knows which mm-hmm. side his bread is buttered on, or however the expression goes. Right. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. I, I saw his remarks about about, you know, Joe Biden choosing Kamala Harris. And, you know, he said, oh, you know, he, he he seemed a little bit like he was low energy. He seemed a little bit resigned or something. And, he you know, he made his complaint. So she was very nasty to Brett Kavanaugh in the in the hearings. He's now the Supreme Court justice, but she was very nasty to him. And, you know, he was and I, I think part of the brilliance here is uh, and I think another reason why it was a smart idea to pick her to pick a woman of color is that Donald Trump can't help himself. He (laughs) needs to insult her (laughs) and he's not going to be able to control himself. And it's going to be a full-time job from everybody around him. The ones who aren't egging him on, you know, like Steve (laughs) Miller or whoever, like to keep him from sticking his foot in his mouth regarding her, whether it's race or whether it's gender, and so that for the next three months, that's going to be the full time job is to make him not get ugly towards her, which is what he, you know, has a has a primordial need to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, he would do the same thing to, you know, to uh, Elizabeth Warren, too, I'm sure, to some degree. But, uh-huh. um, you know, I think I think, uh, you know, I think it's also a, to some degree, it's a great symbolic rejection of the Trumpist thing, which was that. Oh, you elected a black president. Well, we're going to elect a racist. It's like, okay, well, we're going to go right back and elect a black woman vice president. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> your your revolution is over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is uh, this is happening whether you like it or not. And we're going to run her, and we're going to win overwhelmingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I think there is a, a there's a symbol a symbolism there that is important. Yeah. For sure. Now, I was just talking about this with Ash. She is not quite as excited as I am. She mm. thinks that it should have gone to a white man. Why? Okay, why? Just to <clears throat> reassure people, basically. Because, like, I, I think I think her thinking is, is that the racism and the sexism in this country is, is too strong. But I feel that, yes, while that is true, it's very strong. And Hillary Clinton definitely was handicapped by the fact that she was a woman. She is also a unique case, I feel. I feel like yeah. the conservative hate for the Clintons, and especially Hillary Clinton, is mm-hmm. like white hot for whatever reason. And I feel like, yes, they wouldn't trust any Democrat. They wouldn't trust any woman, especially a woman of color. But I do think the Clintons have a special place in the conservative mind. I feel like mm-hmm. there's there's definitely a wing in that museum for the for them specifically, uh, for, for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I don't know. What was your take on that? I, um, well, I don't, I, I think I, I have to respectfully disagree with Ash on this one. 
all, as, as much as I would like to see, you know, Mr. Bernard Sanders running as Veep and not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd rather see him as president, but, you know, I'd take him as vice president here to unify the party. And not because he's a white man, though. And frankly, he would be probably a more he would be a much more controversial choice. You know, you ideologically, have the corporate of course. Yeah, you'd, you'd right. have the corporate Democrats in open revolt at this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, yeah. You know, that would be a whole other thing. Um, I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, Kamala Harris is like a it's like that Stringer Bell speech at one point in the uh, the wire. You know, Kamala Harris is a 65 degree day. Nobody gets too worked up about a 65 degree day. Everybody can agree on, you know, it's kind of like this is the safe option. You know, this is the one that the, the, the corporates can feel good about. The woke left can feel good about. And people who want to see Republicans get prosecuted and viciously attacked in debates can be feel good about. It's unfortunate that her politics are not where ours are. But right now, I mean, the number one issue is stop Americans dying in this goddamn pandemic. Mm-hmm. After that, we can, you know, we can push them left on other issues. We can make the, you know, medical marijuana, universal health care, um, the, the environment, Green New Deal stuff. I mean, all those things can be pushed and will and they'll be pushed more successfully under a Biden administration, potentially, than they will ever be under a Trump administration. So, you know finish this fight first and then we'll move on to that fight. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, she is a, she is the candidate that a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know. The left wing has a problem with her. I, I, I don't know. I think we've articulated a number of reasons why I don't think now is the time to have that fight. And I don't think that choosing to make a huge stink about this is going to, drive turnout and i think turnout like you said i think it needs to be high and i think this needs to be an absolute route of yep. the republican ideals and representation in this time so i think they're misguided in some way mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i mean we'll see i mean Repu- uh, vice presidents i mean unless you're dick cheney a lot of times vice presidents are kind of you know in the background waiting in the wings anyways and stuff. And, and it's an interesting question because uh, Biden has hinted that he may be a one-term president. He's going to be a transitioner, a transitionary president or whatever transitional president. So it'll be interesting to see if in 2024 he steps off the steps back and puts her forward to, to be the presidential candidate. That would be interesting. And it would be very interesting to see like on things like, I mean, I don't, I I feel like we don't really know where her heart is on some of these issues. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, she's a black woman. She's going to have thoughts about criminal justice and stuff. She was working as a prosecutor. She's an extremely ambitious person. And then she was campaigning, you know, after it became clear, she wasn't going to be the presidential candidate. She wasn't going to win the primary. She was campaigning for a position as, as Biden's VP and she got it. And so, of course, she wasn't going to break with him on issues like medical marijuana. But it would be interesting if she were at the head of the ticket, what would she actually be interested in doing? Mm-hmm. You, you know, right. I, 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 I think there's like I think it's kind of 70 30 that Biden won't step down at one after one term. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what his mental capabilities will be after four years of this? Mm hmm. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I think it, it, yeah, yeah. I think it's like 75, 25, maybe that he doesn't do that, but there's still some chance that he might do something. I could totally see him doing that. And I, I do think her, that's another asset that she has that, uh, I hate to say it, Bernie would not have is, is her age. You know, I, I do think his age is a concern for people. He would be the oldest president to ever be elected, uh, at the time of his inauguration. And Did I do think age or rage at the beginning there. Oh, either really. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I heard rage, but then it sounded like we were talking about age. it was age, but yeah, I guess he's angry. Oh. I don't know. He, he does seem like he wants to punch Trump, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, uh, I, you know, she's what's in her fifties now. So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, she's like 55. So yeah. So she's, she's, she's spry, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's and that. And that's always the thing with, with Biden. I think if, if you want to get right down to brass tacks, so even if you have concerns about his mental acuity, and I don't think it's wrong to question that. I think that is something you should look at when you're casting your vote. I always feel confident that he would put people around him in positions that I would feel comfortable with. Like, like his, his choosing Kamala Harris is, is, is evidence of that. And I think what he should do for these next couple of weeks and months before the election is, is just hammer home all of these cabinet positions that he's going to name and just kind of drip it out over time and just draw the news cycle out over that. And, and oh, that's yeah. going to really any, show any, any time that that's the thing. That's why I wonder, because I feel like they actually went over the deadline to announce the vice presidential pick and stuff. I, I kept wondering if they were kind of like trying to wait until it looked like Trump was actually going to have a good news day or something. And then they were going to drop the vice presidential pick or something on that day to steal his thunder. But, you know, I think Trump's good news days may be nearly over, although who knows, the race may still tighten in the last few months. We'll see what happens. But, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, they should keep a lot of uh, a lot of good names or something in the hopper there. And, and any time that Trump is like trying to change the narrative or something, you just drop one of them and say, oh, yeah, this you know, this person's going to be education. This person's going to be interior. Mm -hmm. This person's going to be, you know, HUD, whatever it is. Like, you know, you just drop out some, some popular name there and you just, you know, keep him, you know, look at, look at people for the Supreme court maybe. Oh yeah. See, that was Trump did that. Why, why can't the other side get that together? That's a huge issue. Let's make that the number one issue. RBG, hang on, baby. <laughs> you can do it. Only like yeah. a hundred more days. <laughs> just keep your head above water. <laughs> yeah. I was, I talked to my mom recently and stuff and we were talking about stuff and, and, uh, you know, I said, and, you know, we were talking about her. She got another cancer diagnosis recently. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just hope she can hold on until January. And my mom said something like, well, I don't think they should even remove her in January, I think, or anything like that. I think I, I think it would be insulting to her, frankly, if they just removed her as soon as they got in. And I'm like, Mom, mm -hmm. <laughs> from the moment they get in, they've got two years maximum before there's a potential that this thing swings back like it did on Obama after his first two years when the congressional and senatorial stuff goes back the other way. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like. So, OK, if you want to wait one or two months or something, but we're not we're not sitting on this. <laughs> it's getting no. done. You yeah, know, it's going to get done. Do you blame her at all for not bowing out after Obama won reelection? I don't know. It's 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 frustrating in hindsight. And I, I think it was I don't know. I think there's some argument that they would have tried to obstruct. Um, I, I think, well, God, that's they obstructed a, that's a Merrick Garland for he was I forgot year. this. Yeah, it was a year. I couldn't believe. I, I I guess I knew that at the time, but I I went back and heard that, and I was like, oh my god, it was. 
It was. I mean, it wasn't like a month before the election. It was in February when Scalia died. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. Like, like, yeah. So yeah, you could make an argument that they would have obstructed no matter what. But yeah, I do think that the fact that they had a nice round number, like a year, to talk about as a talking point, I think that helped them, you know, initially decide on the on the plan before they got to doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, um, no, I I don't know. I mean, like, I think. I mean, I'm thinking like, I mean, it would have been, let me think about this here. Well, it would have been like, what, 2010 or 2014? When was the time when the, the Republicans regained everything and held it that way for the next, like, what was it, uh, three years or uh, six years or something? Uh, you're talking about the, when they flipped the House? Yeah. I think that the Democrats had, because, I mean, that was when Obamacare got, got put through was when they were still in the majority and it so might have been, been like 2014 when it switched or something. Uh, I think it might have been sooner than that. I think it was like 2010 even. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they had that long. I think it was just a brief window, and that's all they got through. Really, was Obamacare. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's health situation throughout her entire life, but. It, I mean, it's hard for me looking. I mean, I wish they would have done something. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, but, um, and I mean, no matter what happened there, uh, what's his name? Uh, he was always going to die, right? So, um, oh, Scalia, yeah, yeah. So there, there was no getting around that one. Although, I don't know. Um, but it's it's hard to go back, you know, six to ten years and say. Hey, you need to quit your job, you know, six to 10 years ago. Otherwise, you're never going to have a chance until 2021. Like nobody could necessarily predict that. But mm-hmm. again, it's it's part of that larger critique that we have that, you know, Obama basically squandered his first couple of years where he had majorities. And then he never got another he never got another chance. Mm-hmm. So but but yeah, I don't much care about. I, I do care about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's feelings, but frankly, I think that when a Democrat takes over and when she is able to step down or is removed from the Supreme Court, well, she'll have to step down. I think she will feel a feeling of relief <laughs> that will be very soothing, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know that she's going to take that as an insult. I think that she's going to say, hey, I, you know, I held the wall, I carried the torch, and now my, 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 my watch has ended or something, or, you mm-hmm. know, it makes a bunch of movie metaphors, but it's like, yeah, yeah I, I, I think she will feel a great sense of relief when that is done. Absolutely. She'll, Absolutely. she'll know that things are going to be in better hands going forward than if, than if anything goes the other way. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Well, I got to get going to the rest of my day. Any any final thoughts before we go? I'm sure we'll have more to talk about, you know, as, as the debates and stuff ramp up, but. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. For people who are upset about Kamala Harris, if it wasn't going to be Bernie, who would you rather it would have been? Mm-hmm. And I've seen some people say anybody would have been better. No, no, no they wouldn't have. A lot mm-hmm. of them would have been worse. The the only possible thing you could say that could have possibly been better, I think, is is uh, Elizabeth Warren. And even then, you've got a little bit of an uphill argument based mm-hmm. on her political instincts and behavior in the past six months or a year. So I, you know, just be reasonable, be honest about what the options were going to be, and be honest about what the 
dangers of stirring up the base to not vote for this or to be too pissed off about this are when 160 some Americans are dead right now because Mm -hmm. almost exclusively because of this administration. And at some point, you got to stop fighting other Democrats and you got to start fighting the Republicans, because I swear to God, some of these people who are, you know, left weary, left wing luminary thinkers. They, 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 they keep their powder dry on the Republicans and they just unload on Democrats, you know, 24 well, hours Gabbard. a day, seven Tulsi days Gabbard. a week. Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Getting too it's dusty. Like, it's, like a, it's like a cottage industry for these people. They I know. enjoy fighting Democrats more than they do Republicans. And there's nothing and they, uh, and there's nothing the Republicans love exploiting more than that. Like they'll, they'll love to hold up the infighting. Democrats in disarray, you know, that's that's a lovely storyline for them to to per- perpetrate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's because the Democrats are not a goddamn cult. But at the same time, we're, you know, hold on to your hold your outrage about Kamala Harris. She wasn't your first choice. What did you think was going to happen? Be realistic about how you would have reacted if it had happened. Elizabeth Warren's not some. Uh, some, you know. I don't know what the you know, babe in the woods here, some innocent in all this and stuff. And she's, you know, she's done some problematic things and her, you know, I'm extremely frustrated with the, you know, the, the bone they threw Bernie. I'm a little disappointed in Bernie for not, um, I don't know, execord, executing a little bit more power politics himself, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, allowing himself to be satisfied with the the committees or whatever where they were doing the joint committees between the the left wing and the mainstream and then and then you know in rapid succession oh no met no marijuana uh no health care for all no this or that you know all the, the the things any one of those things that they would have thrown us a bone on would have given you know the uh the 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 the, the twitter sphere or the you know the other luminaries of the left wing think uh, youtube thought media the the fig leaf that they needed to throw the support behind this guy unequivocally mm-hmm. but they couldn't give us one fucking thing and it pisses me off too and there's a fight to be had for that but that's a fight for another day that's just where i'm gonna leave it mm-hmm. yep absolutely well uh yeah thanks for jumping on here on such short notice but uh yep yep well the world the world don't stop bob we got to keep keep on Absolutely. Jay-Z. Sean Carter. But, uh, <laughs> all right, well, uh, have a good night there, Cha. I'll talk to you soon. All right, yep, talk to you soon. All right, later on. Bye-bye.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.